Welcome everyone to the One More Game Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, aka Darcy, and with me is the California Thirst Quencher, Pete Leja. Pete, how you doing, man? I'm apparently having trouble making sure my microphone's on so I can talk when you <laughs> toss it to me for the intro. Uh, I'm doing pretty well otherwise. Uh, just coming off of a long work week um, where I worked like eight out of nine days, but. Ended the uh, ending with a weekend of pretty pretty incredible football. Uh, divisional round is the best the best weekend of NFL football for my money um, of the year. I know we got the Super Bowl. I know you got Week One. I know we got Thanksgiving. But it always seems like the most competitive and interesting and exciting games. Like usually three. I guess only you could argue only like two of them were like competitive this weekend. Um, for in pretty much their entirety, but uh, I mean, all of them are pretty interesting. So it's mm-hmm. pretty fun weekend, all told. Even though I was working through basically all of it, but uh, and now I got like five days off on my next date, so I get to relax and unwind and kind of recuperate from the heavy schedule I had for a little bit. Well, there you go. I mean, it's it's nice that you're gonna recover and uh, and have some of that time off. But Pete, I have I'm gonna put a little bit of trivia on you real quick. Uh, right, row. When when do you think was the first time you appeared here on the One More Game podcast? Well, <laughs> considering my memories on Facebook were mentioning <laughs> recently about how I uh, uh, ransomed uh, uh, Zyra's doggy biscuits into getting a second episode, I'm pretty sure uh, it's been about a year. <laughs> it has been. A year, yes. You you debuted here on the One More Game podcast, not as the official co-host at that point, but you debuted here back on January fourteenth, twenty twenty two. So you have been a a staple here at the One More Game podcast for over a year, and we're coming up on I think close to. I think it was in February was when we officially announced you as the yeah. the official like second seat. Uh, but that was the first time yeah. that you ever appeared here on the podcast. So you've been here a whole year. So I got to ask you before yeah, we, we talked get about into Armored the- Core, I think, right? It was Armored Core. It was like our first, <laughs> yeah, was like our first episode. <laughs> yes. I didn't get to cheat. I totally didn't get to cheat with the uh, Facebook memory thing again. That's not a, absolutely not at all what happened there. Not at all what <laughs> happened. But uh, yes, we talked about when it, that was when the rumor of the Armored Core six uh reveal was going to be coming um little did we know that it would take almost a whole year later for it to actually happen but uh how does it feel to you now knowing that you you've been a a podcast staple for a year now that's pretty uh pretty incredible pretty impressive i mean i've said before my favorite thing is um uh my favorite thing about this is getting to talk and just chill with one of my best friends uh every week um uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I I don't say I always do particularly well, but I do hold by is uh, the the statement "call people back," and uh, it's really easy to call you back when I talk to you basically every every week. It's really easy to keep up with you in this case <laughs> instead of like you know just shooting a text like once a month or so. It's like he's like, "Hey, are you are you still there?" And it's like, and it's like, "No, I actually am forced to talk to you." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whether you like it or not, you're you're forced uh, to be. I mean, mostly enjoyable. <laughs> but mostly then I it's mostly enjoyable and then i'll throw out stupid things like why when are the bulls gonna blow it up and <laughs> yeah and then that won't say that gets you hot but then you get into you'll you'll start be like i'm gonna tell you why <laughs> they're not gonna do that 
<laughs> that is me. That is that is like to the. Team. I mean, hey, I do. I am. I am guilty of that, hundred percent. So I'm not judging at all. I'm just yeah. saying. But that that conversation did happen recently for the folks at home. <laughs> it did right before the podcast last week. <laughs> I think. It, was if it I last week? I, think I it thought was it was last... like two weeks ago. I, I could be wrong. I mean, I guess technically we it's been two almost two weeks since we had a podcast. Yeah, so. yeah. It's maybe that's why like my that. timing's thrown off. So yeah. my bad. My bad. But uh, right, but it, going back to what you said, you said it's mostly been enjoyable. Well, I hope listeners, it's been enjoyable for you of course here to the one more game podcast and so if this is your first time here to the podcast welcome to the one more game podcast this is a podcast that is centered around making sure you're informed about all the video game news happening around the world whether it is xbox nintendo playstation or pc if there's this news that you need to know about we'll make sure that you know about it when you're listening to this on your podcast service make sure you hit the subscribe button or the follow button depending on what your service offers and if your podcast service allows reviews please leave a five-star review and tell everyone why you love the one more game podcast because we really enjoy bringing this to you each and every week if you'd like to be part of the show by asking a question or suggesting a topic for discussion head on over to pressstartnews.net slash one more game and fill out that submission form and your submission could be used on the next episode or you could drop it off in chat when we're doing it here live on youtube.com slash press start 28 and we will reference it as it comes up during the show a little bit of housekeeping or things that i want to pass along here for you on this episode first off as we did say pete has been here for over a year now so we of course want to say a big thank you of course to pete for stepping in when you did and of course uh not getting uh you know scared and running away or getting mad and running away uh over that course of time so thank you so much for being here we're also two subscribers away on youtube from hitting the big two zero zero uh so if you haven't already and you want to please hit that subscribe button so you can help us get to this new milestone and we may i haven't officially thought of if i'm gonna do it and how i will do it but we may do a giveaway getting to that big 200 number uh and lastly we'll bring it up at the end of the show as well but as i mentioned last week we will be doing every episode two games that are on sale that you can buy and help here support press start and the one more game podcast and this week's games are marvel's midnight suns on pc is currently 47 percent off at green man gaming which comes out to in u.s dollars 31 dollars and 67 cents so if you want to click that link down below go buy it but as i always say a word of advice use a card that doesn't have foreign transaction fees because green man gaming is based out of the UK, so you might be subject to some foreign transaction fees, unfortunately, if you do so. The other game, even though it wasn't reviewed very well, but it is still a, a pretty well-received game, I would think so in my head. But at this price, I think it's totally worth trying to jump jump into. Is Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song is currently 80% off on Amazon, currently making it only $10. That is on PS5, PS4, and Xbox. So you can go and buy that. Again, use the link down below. It's only $10. And again, what you do there ends up helping support here at the stream so those are the two main things i want to pass along now let's get into the last part of here of this opening and that is if this is your first time to the podcast welcome to the podcast i hope you enjoy your listen and i hope you enjoy your stay but if you are returning you already know what it is we start off every single podcast talking about what we've been playing lately so pete what have you been playing lately so the, for the listeners if you were here last week uh i was uh given a challenge of sorts by jeremy to uh, play a game that he had talked about last week. Uh, it's available on Game Pass right now called Vampire Survivors. And so I did. 
and I kind of liked it. I thought it was fun. It's not a game that I would recommend playing for long stretches or a very long time. Um, <laughs> we uh, Jeremy kind of uh, iterated that last week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, it's definitely one of those games to me where uh, if you have like 15, 30 minutes, 20, 30 minutes that you want to kill, but it's like you're, you're waiting on some, maybe you're waiting on your partner to go somewhere and it's like, oh, but I got like a little bit of downtime while they're prepping or, you know, it's like 3.30 in the afternoon and you don't want, it's really kind of too late for an afternoon nap. But, uh, you know, you kind of need to kill some time before you start cooking for dinner or whatever. Uh, this game is a good try. Um, it's basically a hack and slash game. Uh, you start out by picking, uh, you start out with one character. You can build your characterization up to four. And you go around and you just uh, basically you just get swarmed by creatures of the night. Vampires, bats, uh, multi-faced weird things, werewolves, mummies, witches. Uh, just you name it and they come after you. Uh, you boost up your character. It's basically it might actually be a roguelite. I'm not 100 if it's considered it, it one or is not. It's technically but, considered okay. one. Okay, I thought I thought I thought it was, but it's basically in that ilk uh, where you find a bunch of power ups and you can choose between certain ones to build up your character to make them stronger, and uh, you can increase your levels and stuff like that. And as you uh, uh, get higher and higher levels uh, your character obviously gets more powerful but then you're able to unlock more abilities more uh, weapons and things like that um, some of the more fun things that I noticed when I was playing it uh, there's this buff called garlic which is like basically like an aura around your character that deals damage to the enemies and one of the m more humorous things for me was uh, having that garlic buff on for the aura while uh, every once in a while like uh, usually the the as of the further you're or the longer you are in the level the more uh powerful creatures come but there's like a dumbing down aspect every like few minutes uh, every like five minutes or whatever where like you just get swarmed by a bunch of them but they're like the first group of minions that you face so they're like super underpowered but there's like uh, like tens of hundreds of them mm -hmm. when you have this aura on you just kind of go through <laughs> like a like a like a like a chainsaw just like they just run up to you and then they just disappear they just vanish they just die so you, one of my uh, things that I enjoyed mo uh, most was when that happened and I had the garlic aura. I just like kind of like run through. It was like, <laughs> just like kind of like a vacuum cleaner, just like mowing these th things down. They wouldn't even touch me. And it's just like, well, this is kind of silly, but it is kind of humorous. But in general, I enjoyed playing it. Um, it's not a game I would pro. Uh, it's, I don't know if I'd recommend strictly buying it unless you were super into that kind of game. Uh, I do re uh, strongly recommend like trying to find like it on sale or uh, if you have Game Pass, all the better because you just get that game and if you're paying for Game Pass already. Already, uh, those would be the biggest ways I'd probably recommend to buy it uh, or to get a hold of it. I don't know if I would uh, recommend actually. Uh, buying the game at full price unless it's like 10 bucks if it's you 10 wouldn't bucks. buy the game at five dollars oh it's five dollars oh never mind yeah buy the game well screw that i thought it was uh, we were just talking about a game last week that was like 30 bucks and i was just like uh i don't, I don't remember the game that i i, I uh, proposed last week but it was like 30 bucks and i was like man that seems kind of price oh stray stray is what we were talking about stray yeah, and that was yeah. like 30 that was like 30 40 bucks right and i was just like well this is only like five hours i don't know like the uh, uh if i would technically recommend trying to drop that much money unless you know you're going to like the game five dollars yeah i'm sorry i take it back definitely uh 
if you're if you're looking for a roguelike game to enjoy uh, to just enjoy, I would definitely recommend spending the five dollars on Vampire Survivors. Yeah, and so I do want to like uh, let you know like there is or let the listeners lo- know there is more than four characters. Like you start off with four characters, but of course as you progress, uh, there is in the the main menu there's a little uh, achievement section, and basically based on your performance, like those achievements, they actually unlock additional things, so like additional skills, yeah. different characters, things like that so like that the character roster does grow and each character has like unique aspects of it um but yeah uh i got i got slightly addicted to it for a little bit uh even afterwards so like as you i assigned you the task i decided to play some more of it too and there was a night that i like played the heck out of it i got to like stage four um and and played a a number of other characters and i i'm i thoroughly enjoy it again similar to what you said i think that it is a great game um in the fact of like it's a good time filler or time waster time killer however you want to describe it um i don't know if i would play it like day in day out every night type of thing um some people would um I think for me, it would really depend on the mood that I was in. Similar to when I played it this past week, um, I was in a mood that I was like, I want to play it more because I wanted to be like, all right, I want to get a little bit more into it as Pete's going to bring this to the table, to the discussion. And uh, yeah, so I played it quite a bit in that in that setting, but I haven't gone back to it uh, since. Uh, the games that I've been playing, I played a couple of different ones this week. Um, first off, uh, I played a little bit more of Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, uh, and part of that was because I was trying to fill some time while my wife was uh, making some food for Lunar New Year, um, and so like I was kind of wanting to play something on the Switch that I could also just like put down if I needed to, and that was the game uh, for me. But the game that I've been playing a ton of this week is um, Soul Hackers Two. So I, I brought it up here on the, the podcast before, and I'm going to bring it up real quick again. Soul Hackers 2 is a game that is made by Atlas. It is a sen- it is technically a second entry into the Soul Hackers series, uh, which is like the long-ass title is called Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoners Soul Hackers. Uh, but they dropped all that part and just put made it Soul Hackers 2 for this one. And I'm still, I'm really having a blast with it. I know it didn't get the best reviews, and part of me just doesn't fully understand it. Uh, I guess maybe it's because it is a dungeon crawler, and some, I guess some people just aren't used to dungeon crawlers. Uh, it's gotten like, you know, things for like bland uh, dungeons. Part of that, I guess, for me, it's like, yes, the dungeons aren't like the most eye popping, but. I don't think it's like that's not necessarily supposed to be like the focus. The focus of the dungeon crawler is basically you walk through dungeons, you fight, you fight creatures, you fight things until you get to the boss. You do the boss fight and then you go to the next dungeon or you go to the next floor of the dungeon. Um, so it just doesn't make sense to me. I love the colors uh, that the the aesthetic that they used, like the colors just pop, uh, especially Ringo's character, who is a digital, uh, basically a, a you know a, a robot in a sense uh i can't i'm having a brain fart when it's like basically a robot but it has a human flesh uh, i know there's an actual term for that but i'm having a brain fart what that is um uh, 
Cyborg, maybe? I don't know. Maybe, maybe Cyborg. cyborg. I don't remember exactly. I'm just having a brain fart. But, like, (laughs) she kind of is. So she has this, like, you know, technological, like, glow to her uh, in her outfit. It's really awesome. I'm having a blast with it. Uh, I'm still enjoying what I what I played of it, and uh, it it was even more um, satisfying in a sense. Uh, so I'm gonna give a quick shout out to a YouTuber that I really do enjoy uh, called Oni Black Mage. If you haven't checked out Oni Black Mage before, Oni Black Mage basically does what he calls recapitations, which are basically a recap of a game. Um, so he basically tells you the entire thing that happened with the game. And so you could watch the video if you didn't want to play the game um, or you didn't have means to play the game, but you wanted to understand the story. He does the whole, like, tells the from the beginning to end the story. And he did a recapitation mm-hmm. on uh, Soul Hackers, the first one. And I've never played it. And so it was really cool also seeing some of the, the reoccurring characters that are in this one. You don't have to play the first one to know that uh, or or anything. But that was just a, a cool aspect that I did check out um, when I was, like, doing dishes one night. And was like, oh, this character is in the is from the first one as well. I didn't realize that. Oh, this character is also from the first one as well. I didn't realize that. So I'm really enjoying that. I'm hoping I get through that. Uh, game here in the next week so I can not not because I want to get to a different game but it's more so I just want to clear out some of my backlog because uh, I haven't yeah. picked up Fire Emblem Engage and there's a couple of other games coming up that I want to get so it's like I'm hoping to get through it uh, to get to the, yeah. some of those but I'm enjoying it uh, so far and I would totally recommend it it was almost one of those games that were uh, listed for un- on sale down below because it is currently on sale yeah, I was about to say it is on sale on uh, Steam currently for uh, 45% off. So the cheapest one is uh, $32.99 currently, uh, and that offer ends on January 30th. So you got a week to make your decision. So probably should jump on that if you had any thought about actually trying to play uh, Soul Aggers too, because it's probably one of, one of the cheapest you're ever going to find it at, honestly. So. Yeah, and it's also on sale on Amazon for PS5, at least, that I saw, for $30. Um, so, I, like I said, I almost put that as one of the, the games on sale. But when I saw uh, Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song, I was like, all right, $10 is a is a really good deal. I'm going to throw that in there. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to put two $30 roughly games yeah. uh, as the options down below. But, yeah, totally, totally recommend that. But... We have been talking about what we've been playing lately for quite a bit. Let's get to the show because we got quite a bit of things to talk about. Let's talk about the rumor that Xbox is pulling Halo development from 343 Industries, or are they? Xbox also hit with some layoffs layoffs as well as other gaming companies, and Ubisoft CEO apologizes for his statements last week. That's all coming up here on the One More Game Podcast, but we're going to go to our main title here, and that is Xbox is pulling the Halo development from 343 Industries. Well, Halo 343 Industries says, not so fast. This is an article coming from IGN written by Adam Bankhurst, and it goes as follows. Amidst rumors that 343 Industries have been taken off of lead development of the Halo franchise, the studio has now taken to Twitter to state that it will continue to, quote, develop Halo now and into the future. 343 Industries studio head Pierre Heinz shared the message on Twitter saying, 
quote, Halo and Master Chief are here to stay. 343 Industries will continue to develop Halo now and in the future, including epic stories, multiplayer, and more of what makes Halo great. Uh, The news follows the mass layoffs of 10,000 people at Microsoft, which we will, of course, talk about here in a little bit. And a number of those uh, were hit, of course, at 343 Industries. Uh, The Coalition, 343 Industries, Bethesda uh, Studios... um, all got hit with those layoffs and shortly after halo infinite director joseph stanton reportedly left 343 industries to rejoin xbox publishing now the rumor had started swirling that 343 industries would be taken off the lead development uh known by a well-known hacker uh which actually goes by the name bathrobe bathrobe spartan which i found that name uh pretty hilarious uh said that even initial plans for a story-based dlc for halo infinite has been canceled already (laughs) In response to the rumors, 343 Industries has planted its flag and said that it is here to stay. Now, Pete, I sent you the original story as well as this follow-up to the rumor because that did come out um, not too long ago. So my question to you is, uh, what do you think, one, of the rumors and the statements from 343 Industries, and two... We've talked about the the reception around Halo Infinite and the multiplayer and all that jazz. And so my question is to you, do you think 343 Industries or basically Halo should go to a new developer anyway? Uh, well, uh, so the the your, your last question kind of ties into the original question of um, uh what do I think about uh, 343 Industries, uh, whether or not they're going to be the lead developer in games? Um, they've had a, a lot of issues with Halo, not just Infinite, kind of Halo 4 and Halo 5. They've also had some problems uh, rolling out a lot of this stuff. Uh, Halo Infinite may have been the most glaring, especially since it's the most recent, but this isn't like the first time that 343 Industries has had problems rolling out these kind of games. And... Uh, a lot of the <clears throat> a lot of the stuff that they are doing, and I want to make this clear. Um, three four three industries tweet uh, the one they sent out, which is Halo and Master Chief are here to stay. Three four three industries will continue to develop Halo now and in to the, and in the future, including epic stories, multiplayer, and more of what makes Halo great. From Pierre Hintz, the studio, the new studio head, since the uh, uh, the last one went to uh, Xbox Publishing or whatever. That is not inconsistent with the original story, it doesn't feel like, because nothing there says, like, we're not outsourcing us a lot of any of this stuff to other companies, just that they're in, they're strongly hinting, we're still going to be the ones in charge. But that doesn't mean they're going to be doing all of the development. They have, uh, those statements aren't inconsistent with one another. So, I will say that I kind of think they didn't really do a whole lot to necessarily stem the stem the idea that that's going to happen, especially since they outsourced a lot of this stuff in Halo Infinite to other companies. They didn't really come out and say that this DLC, con- like I think it's a campaign content yeah. that supposedly got uh, canned. They didn't come out and say that that didn't get canned. They didn't say that was still coming or not. It may still be. I have no idea. But like they, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the things that were like, well, this, we haven't seen this yet. Maybe that's gone. Maybe we haven't done this yet. This, that, and the other. They haven't really like done anything to like allay those, those concerns at all. And this is all coming on the heels of not even consider talking about all the layoffs that happened uh, within Microsoft, including with 343 Industries in itself, which, you know, means that they are not going to have 
as many people to actually do some of this stuff still. So I I still kind of think that, you know, like just because they might, will they still be lead developers? Probably their name will be the big one, big one on top. I don't really think anything they've said is said that like, some of the stuff isn't going to be out. Some or most of the stuff isn't going to be outsourced. And honestly, whether or not it should be, I mean, if three four three industries has been kind of like the big problem with a lot of the stuff that's a lot of these issues that they have with the recent Halo games and the Halo releases, you know, maybe it's time to look for somewhere else to go to actually do that. And I hate saying that, especially since three four three is, you know like tied so closely to halo like the like the the studio is like named after one of the major characters in the game and in the series so uh i would like them to stay stick around and keep being in charge and keep doing their thing but like you know their thing also has been like kind of kind of questionable of late so uh you know it may be it may end up being time like hey maybe we need to get somebody somebody else in charge here yeah, I so I'm going to answer my second question first, uh, and that's mm-hmm. kind of where I'm going. It's not necessarily like I hate I know game development is hard. We've talked about this here on the episode. Game development is very hard. And so I'm not trying to say that, um, you know, that three four three industries should lose any positions or anything like that. And it, it sucks about the layoffs. Again, we're going to talk more about that here uh, shortly in a little bit. But Sometimes when things aren't working, when the fit just doesn't seem like it's fitting the way that you envisioned or that it had in the past, sometimes it could be good to let someone else take the reins for a little bit and just test out the waters and try something new. And that's where I think that Xbox and 343 Industries should be at the moment. I think that they should, even if it's just a spinoff in a sense let someone else develop a Halo-esque type game for a little bit and see how it goes. See if that brings a rejuvenation, a spark, or something to the franchise because Halo is still important. Halo is still a great game. And again, Halo Infinite was received fairly well, critically. It's just it it did not nail as it continued to roll out and the multiplayer had so many issues. And then, of course, the the uh, couch co-op got canceled. And so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, Let's try let's let someone else try this for a little bit. Again, it doesn't have to be a full-fledged like Halo entry like a, you know the next Halo, but it could be a Halo spin-off or it could be it could be Halo DLC, you know, like they're talking about. Is yeah. let someone else take that reins. Um because it feels like it feels like 343 Industries is stuck at the moment. Like something is just not clicking and let 343 Industries do something else for a little bit as well right another a different type of shooter a different type of game even um give them something else to explore and and try something different because right now it's just not working now what do i think of the rumor and i think of their statement um slightly different than you i think their statement is uh saying hey we're we're we are the developers because it literally says you know again uh as you talked about it 343 Industries will continue to develop Halo now and in the future, including blah, 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 blah. And 
I've had this discussion with some other people before is like every studio does some sort of offset developing. Like that's just ha- how it is. If you ever look at the credits of all your favorite games, there's going to be more than just the studio that is developing it, right? Like they always, you know, outsource maybe like some character designs or animation or whatever it is. Um, but they always outsource. What I think this statement is though is is this is typical company PR statement that of course they're not going to come out and go, yeah, we've been removed from developing the games, right? Like it's not, they're not ready to confirm that. They're not, they're not in a position to confirm that. Again, this came from a leak. Um, and it's similar to what you said is they didn't come out and say that the story DLC is canceled. Uh, I don't know if for a fact that they fully officially said that there will be story DLC, but they have said that this game will be um, supported for many years to come, and you would think story DLC is part of that. And so I think it's another thing. It's like it came from a leak. They're not going to be like, hey, we're going to announce that the story DLC that we may not have announced has not been canceled, but we're also not officially announcing the story DLC. So I think it's like best, you know, they did again, typical PR of like, let's just ignore that part. But I again think that that could very well be the case. Like this guy has a track record, even though his name is really funny as Bathrobe Spartan, he has a track record of leaking Halo stuff. And so of course leakers can be wrong. And there's a very high chance at the same time that this person could be wrong. But because he has a track record, I think you you while you take it with a grain of, stu- grain of salt, you take it with a little less grain of salt. And we got to just see how things go. But clearly things have not been going very well for 343 Industries as this uh, Halo Infinite rollout has been. Um, and sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. Right? So I'm not... I, I don't think that the, the studio is at fault for any of this. Again, video game development is very hard, and Halo is a very important franchise. Uh, and so it is seen mm. under a lot more scrutiny than most other games. But you might want to adjust a little bit if I'm Xbox. Yeah. Um, one last quick point, uh, kind of building off of yours. Uh, to make a sports analogy, sometimes a great head coach, Hall of Fame head coach of a team... Uh, sometimes his voice gets lost in the locker room. He's just been there so long. The message has been the same for, you know, a dozen plus years. And sometimes, the, you know, the team just like they get tired, not that they get tired of hearing like the coach or thinking he's a bad coach, but they get tired of hearing the same message over and over again. And sometimes you just need a new voice in the room. Sometimes you just need different ideas. And when you're tossing around the same ideas all the time, you know, sometimes you just get this echo chamber that you block out other ideas. And maybe it's time to, you know, freshen that up a little bit. Uh, you know, like you said, maybe the this DLC that supposedly may or may not be happening, maybe somebody else develops it and see where we go from there. You know, maybe there's maybe it uh uh you give it back to three four three and they're like, Oh, hey, we didn't even think about trying this and this is actually really good. We should continue on this route. So 
Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Well, if 343 Industries is going to be continuing to develop this uh, DLC, it may be a little more difficult now after the layoffs that happened. We're going to the Video Games Chronicle for this article written by Andy Robinson, uh, and it is Phil Spencer tells Xbox employees layoffs were painful, and it goes as follows. Microsoft's head of gaming, Phil Spencer, has addressed this week's round of job cuts at the company, telling staff they were painful choices. On Wednesday, Microsoft confirmed plans to lay off approximately 4.5% 4.5% of the U.S. technology giant's 220,000-person workforce, which is around 10,000 people. Eventually, this was confirmed to have affected the company's gaming divisions, in particular Halo developer 343 Industries, Bethesda Gaming Studios, and Marketing. On Friday, Phil Spencer sent out a company-wide email obtained and published by Kotaku in which he told employees the cuts would set it up for their long-term success. Quote, this has been a difficult week to cr- week across Microsoft and here inside our teams, he wrote. Now that many of the one-to-one and team conversations have happened, I want to take a moment to reiterate the message that you heard from your leaders. This is challenging moments in our business, and this week's actions were painful choices. The gaming leadership team had to make decisions that we felt set us up for the long-term success for our products, businesses, but the individual results of these decisions are real. I know that hurts. Thank you for supporting our colleagues as they process these changes the email continued over the coming weeks will we will have many opportunities to connect and answer your questions including the monthly gaming update next week for teams to attend that meeting and i'm in close contact with teams at zenimax to provide support um and there was other one thing that i wanted to pass along um Basically, uh, according this is scrolling down towards the bottom of the article, according to Business Insider, report report published the same day, the company was deliberately targeting who it believed to be, quote, underperforming employees in at least some parts of the company. Uh, so, Pete, I got to ask you, uh, do you – I guess how do you feel about the layoffs um, announcement and how, I guess, this impacts – those teams as well as with i guess i'm trying not to reveal what i want to talk about fully but like what do you think about the this announcement from uh phil spencer to the company or to their employees saying like hey this sucks these were painful decisions well um every time we kind of go back to last week uh every time um a CEO or a big wig or, you know, someone on the board or somebody like that, somebody that's in charge says these decisions are painful. They're never more painful than the people that are given the pink slip. <laughs> that's who they're most painful for. You can give all the excuses about how this is a difficult decision for us. We didn't really want to do this, but we ended up having to do it. And the people that are going to be most painful for it's again, always going to be the workers. It's always going to be the people that are having to deal with having to find a new job, having their source of income cut off. And the business insider report publishing this published that same day, uh, the company was targeting who would believe to be underperforming employees. What does that mean? What, 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 uh, what demographic? What graphic were you using for that? Like, what, what, what was the metrics you were using to determine whether they were underperforming or not? Because if they were underperforming, because they weren't doing a whole lot, but you weren't giving them any like sort of jobs to actually perform. Like maybe they're on like a team that was just like not doing anything at the particular moment. How's that their fault? <laughs> you know, because um, that happens. You know that that will happen at corporations. Like you're on a team, and the team's project is over or whatever, or they're in the middle of a downturn, 
and they're not doing a whole lot for a couple of months. You know, they come in and do some busy work, and that's it. And then it's like, oh well, you're just uh, you're an underperforming employee. It's like, well, what am I supposed to be doing right now? I can't. It's not like I can jump on another project that you're not giving to me. You know, that kind of thing. So I, a lot of it is just um, it's lip service. One of the things that's um, <laughs> Interesting that uh, is not stated in this article, which, granted, it's probably about a year and a half, but uh, back in uh, fall of 2021, um, September thereabouts, uh, Microsoft started a new stock buyback program, and that was uh, supposed to be like a $60 billion that, you know, you probably didn't need to spend all of it to buy back your stocks to make your shareholders and st stockholders get more money, or your CEO get a bigger bonus because the shareholders and stockholders are happier that you're uh, giving them more money. But uh, you know, that's 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 how it goes, man. It's always how it goes. Is these corporations are focused on one thing, and that is to make money, and that is the only thing they care about, and that is the only thing they can do. And like this whole like again like. Like I said at the beginning of the, uh, this topic, uh, no matter how painful it is for Phil Spencer, it's not as painful as it is for the person that got laid off. So it's always, and that's always what it comes down to. So I know already with, if this clip gets clipped, uh, I'm going to receive a lot of hate from people who are Xbox fans. But I'm going to say the things that I've kind of been seeing on Twitter, and I'm going to reiterate them because some people on Twitter were not understanding it. And basically, it's a lot of people were being like, you know, in a sense, why are we criticizing Xbox so much, X, Y, and Z, all this jazz? And it's the fact that you're about to try to close to on a company for $68 billion, and you had to lay off these people. And I get that you already earmarked this sale uh, to happen, but... You, technically speaking, did not have to spend $68 billion or do not have to try to spend $68 billion that you could have in some way, some form, uh, kept these employees or offered them some sort of compensation to help with staying there. Uh, and so that's why there was a lot of outrage from some people on Twitter was the fact that like some people just didn't understand that there was so much criticism because, again, you, you – Xbox, Microsoft, you've earmarked $68 billion that you've just laid off 10,000 people um, because of, of cuts. Um, and some other things that I saw in there because, of course, uh, Sony has had uh, uh, cuts over the years and their their employee um, workforce has dropped. Uh, so some people were trying to basically say, like, play devil's advocate and be like, well, you're criticizing this, but you didn't cr criticize Sony. Um the one thing that I didn't see, and now this could totally be going on behind the scenes, but the way that things leak nowadays in the gaming industry, I think it would be out there. But I have looked up and I've seen articles of it, it's true, is that Sony and PlayStation CEOs or uh, high executives have taken pay cuts during losses to offset the losses or try to offset the losses. Did Phil Spencer consider doing that to try to save some of these jobs? Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. I'm not trying to say that he should have. Um, that is uh, – I always say, people, get your money. Like that's just unfortunately you know, how the world is. Get your money while you can. Um but it's just one of those things of like like you're saying as the you know you have the more cynical approach always to, to big business and governments <clears throat> and stuff. But it's like – it, as you said, it doesn't hurt more than for the person who did lose their job. And so you always well, have to think, 
are there other ways that you could have done more to avoid that having to happen? It looks like you found something or something. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I'm sorry to cut you off, but uh, I just typed in uh, Phil Spencer take a pay cut. Um, and from the gamer from published two days ago by Rhiannon uh, Bevan, Microsoft CEO enjoyed 10% pay raise just before layoffs. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe he did take a pay cut alongside that. Maybe he didn't get a Christmas bonus. But, uh, you know, um, it's like... Yeah. And, and uh, to couple along with that, there's another article that you sent um, about other companies. There's been a lot of layoffs. So Vox Media, which wasn't yes. mentioned in the article that you sent, uh, laid off 7% of their workforce. The Vox Media owns places like The Verge and SB Nation. Uh, you're uh, you're uh, talking about GameSpot, Google, Giant Bomb. There's a lot of people cutting costs, uh, partially because, uh, especially in the tech industry, a lot of their money is made for advertising, and that's usually the first thing that gets cut off. But like um, <clears throat> talking about um, the other article you linked, I particularly like the last uh, paragraph where it's talking about uh, companies from uh, Microsoft to Amazon are reducing staff and advertisers slashing budgets ahead of a recession manufactured by the Federal Reserve, but not everyone's feeling the pain. The CEO of IGN's parent company, Vivek Shah, made roughly $16 million in 2021. TPG CEO John Rinkleride earned over $80 million in 2021, along with the hundreds of millions that he's already raked in in his decades-long career at Goldman Sachs. And it's, again, it's... Like I said, no matter how much you want to say that these were painful decisions for you to make, <laughs> they ain't as painful as the person that's now got to find another job to support their family and loved ones. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Your, your thoughts and prayers aren't going to work at this point. Same. And I totally get that we're talking about many year difference, but I just, you know, one of the things that I was talking about where I say like CEOs uh, taking pay cuts to, to like when there's these these losses is this is an article from 2014 i didn't bring it in here but it's from GameSpots. it's ready written by eddie muckich and it is you know uh kazuo uh kazuo harai uh the sony ceo he took up to a 50 percent pay cut during their downturn uh because of economic losses and in that same year or i shouldn't say in that same year uh yeah in that same year, uh, uh, Satoru Iwata, who rest in peace, of course, the the beloved Nintendo president, he took a fifty percent pay cut during their financial struggles. So, like, you know, I'm not saying that Phil Spencer had to do that, but it's one of those things of was that considered to try to help save you know some of these jobs? And at least according to your article, no, that <laughs> you said 10% uh, pay increase. I'm not for sure. Um, and But again, it's a tough, it's a tough, uh, tough time for these tech industries, these tech uh, companies. Uh, they're, again, they're not the only ones. Google, GameSpot, Giant Bomb, as you said, Amazon all uh, had layoffs and reduced their staff. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to clarify. Uh, it's, it's the Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, not uh, not Phil Spencer okay. himself. That was my okay. fault. That was my fault. Um, but but still, still, I mean, again, the, like the, the Microsoft CEOs getting a pay raise while because it wasn't just like xbox that got these cuts it was yes. microsoft overall is what we're talking about here so it's still 
it still works. It still yes. still is uh, salient. So yes, yes. I, I just wanted to clear that up. I, I I apologize for that. That's not my fault. No, you're you're totally fine. And uh, and again, we're we're not just talking about Xbox here. I'm just I'm using them as an example. But I was talking about again, Sony CEO cutting their you know their pay uh, back in 2014. Uh, Iwata for Nintendo doing the same. Where where was those was those options on the table? Is basically my my thoughts there. Uh, let's go to another. CEO, uh, this one apologizing for some of the statements that they said uh, last week. We're going to uh, IGN for this article, and it is report Ubisoft CEO apologizes to employees over, quote, ball in your court comments. And it goes as follows. Oh, this is written by Carson Burton, by the way. Uh, Ubisoft is facing turbulent times financially and in-house, and CEO Yves Gourmand was forced to reckon with recent comments he made shifting the blame to the staff. After canceling three unannounced games and delaying the release date of Skull & Bones for a sixth time, Gourmand told employees the ball is in your court to help get the $3 billion company, $3 billion company back on track. The changes that Ubisoft were scrapped up to major challenges in the industry under performances of various games. Uh, but of course, that was not well received, and therefore the CEO has apologized for his pre- previous comments, saying, "Quote: I heard your feedback, and I'm sorry this was perceived that way." Excuse me, uh, Guillermo said, according to the sources present. When saying the ball is in your court to deliver our lineup on time and at the expected level of quality, I wanted to convey the idea that more than ever, I need your talents and energy to make it happen. This is a collective journey that starts, of course, with myself and with the leadership team to create the conditions for all of us to succeed together. Uh, Guillermo also remained vague about the potential for layoffs. Quote, it's not, it's not about doing more with less, but finding ways to do things differently across the company, Guillermo said. According to Kotaku's report, some developers within the company still feel the management is out of touch with the lower-level staff. The Q&A, which lasted an hour, also did not address the recent call for strike at the company's Paris studio. Uh, Solidaire's Informatique, Ubisoft's Paris tech union, asked the employees to go on strike in response to Guillermo's previous comments. The strike will reportedly last half a day on January 27th. Uh, And, of course, just the final statement we'll read real quick. Ubisoft's particularly poor 2022 included no marquee blockbuster releases, several projects were delayed, trapped in development hell, or simply failed to find a substantial audience. So, Pete, I want to say first, I apologize also, because, of course, I re- I read it, I will fully admit it, I read it last week, how Guillermo is saying he wanted it to be read. You, of course, uh, like everyone else, was like, that's totally wrong, <laughs> and he needed to apologize. So, do you accept his apology? Well, one of the best ways to uh, say an apology and uh, apo- say sorry for something that you said is, I'm sorry this was perceived this way. You know, <laughs> it's like, I'm not sorry that I said it. I'm sorry you took it the way you did. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe we could both work to be better at this. No, absolutely. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I, uh, look, I get to get it, to get it as a CEO, to get a position of that po- kind of power. You have to have a certain level of pride. That's and like, you know, kind of like ferociousness to get to that level and like where you kind of almost can't bow your head to anybody when you're in a position of power and you're trying to talk down to people. If you want the people that are beneath you to respect you, you have to drop that pride. You have to be the one to extend your hand. You have to be the one to bow your head. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. I'm not going to respect you if you're like, oh, I'm sitting on my throne and also I'm ordering you around. Okay. Like, that's uh, not, that's not the way I'm going to do it. So, like, whether or not he 
whether or not Guillermo Guillermo uh, like was thinking how he was th they were thinking when he was saying that that quote when he was putting out that email. Your apology doesn't it shouldn't start with I'm sorry this is perceived this way. Your apology should be I'm sorry that I said that. I need to work better on it. Um, the rest of the statement, um, clarifying it, I wouldn't say it's great either, um, but uh, does clarify that uh, they wanted to, they want kind of, again, it was a rah-rah speech. Um, for however much you buy into said rah-rah speeches, I kind of think for the most part, they are, uh, when they are a rah-rah speech from like the person above you, like directly above you, uh, they can have a little bit of, uh, they, they are useful because I think, especially if it's like they're the people that are like in the trenches with you because they know the pain that you go through. They know the pain. Like if somebody's giving me like a, Hey, like if I'm having a bad day and somebody that I'm working with is like, Hey man, you know, today sucks, but you know, there's only a couple hours left. We can get through this. Let's go. That's a lot better than if, you know, my boss who just came in from like, uh, three hour lunch with like some of the higher ups comes in. Hey man, how, you know, keep on working, keep going. You know, it's like, bro, you weren't even here. Like, what, what do you know? So yeah, I'm not surprised that, um, I'm not surprised that a lot of people still think that there's a disconnect with the, the CEO because yeah, there is. Cause the, a lot of them don't know the trials and tribulations of a lot of people that are below them. And that's not to say that every CEO that gets there hasn't gone through those struggles or the, but typically a lot of them that are they are put there in from a business acumen. They're not somebody that has worked in like a tech pl a tech place or somebody that's like worked in the same industry as a lot of the people that they're doing developing games and stuff like that. Unless they were game developers and then created a company and were like the founder, somebody that just gets inducted into a CEO because a CEO is typically just someone that's trying to encourage the co corporation that they are in charge of to make more and more money for the corporation, for the people that own the corporation and for the stockholders. They are more going to be people focused on a business acumen. They're not really going to be people that are just like, you know, somebody that was like in the field that they're necessarily, the corporation necessarily works in. So yeah, I would hundred percent believe that uh, the people that saw his explanation for his apology, uh, hit, uh, ir uh, like just not ignoring the fact that uh, the way it started out was not even really an apology to begin with would say like, no, you still are like, there's still a great disconnect here. Uh, and I'm also not surprised he didn't ignore, uh, didn't respond to the, the oncoming strike for half a day either. Uh, I just, I don't even know what he would say. Cause it's not like he's going to say like, Oh, Hey, you know, like, yeah. Uh, you all should go strike, by the way, or I'd really like it if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, it would likely be. I'm, I hope you guys don't, but there's like that's that won't change yeah, anything. I mean, like, if they're gonna strike, gonna go, they're gonna that's strike. That's not gonna go over. Yeah, that's not gonna go over well anyway. So I like that being a part of it. It's like, yeah, it kind of sucks, but also like I don't know what he's supposed to say there. Nothing he's going to say is going to like encourage or discourage. Most people that are there are probably already changed their mind or have their minds set on that. Yeah, and so I think it's important uh, for those that don't know just to understand who uh, Yves Guillermo is. Uh, so Yves if, uh, is a French businessman, uh, and him and his brothers co-founded Ubisoft. So like essentially he's always been uh, one of the CEOs uh, of Ubisoft all these years. And so is the a lot of people, they don't have the full stake anymore, of course, in their company. They've sold off parts of it to get more funding yeah. and things of that nature. But like a store, of course, the Guillermo family still has um majority control if i remember correctly so 
Yeah, he he likely, like you said, hasn't been in the trenches actually developing it. I think he was always kind of the money person behind it. And I, his brothers might have been more of the the people who are actually doing the developing. But he has been with the company, obviously, since 1986, because that's when they founded, mm-hmm. uh, founded the company. However, you made the comment earlier. It's not going to say the same thing uh, with 343 Industries. Sometimes, right, you're tired of hearing the same rah-rah speeches and the same message going on. And so, like, right now, what could very well be the case is, like, Yves is not going to leave. Like, that's just not going to happen until he retires. But... It's that disconnect of you've heard you've heard these comments or things said so many times that, of course, now it's the cynical side of you that just like even if he meant well, you're going to be like, (laughs) screw that, (laughs) screw that, because, again, like you don't have the financial problems or anything that we do or you don't have to the time crunch aspects of these games like we do. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like I said, while I received it. Like I, you know, when I brought it up last week, how it sounds like he intended it to be, as you said, that's not how it was perceived. And of course, we're seeing it. It was that's not how it was perceived. So I'm uh, I'm not shocked by this. I'm, you know, of course, he did this, uh, the apology, but I agree with you. And I was going to interject not to to um, counter you, but basically to add to what you were saying. Yeah, you don't start your apology with, I'm sorry you perceived it this way. What he should have said or a better way he could have worded it is exactly what I just said, which is like, I'm sorry for what I said. I should have worded it differently. This is what I was intending, right? Where then that way it is still a like, I'm sorry you perceived it that way, but it is a nicer way of being like, look, I know how I how I presented it was not correct and i messed up <laughs> like yeah no you're I, putting the onus on yourself even exactly. even if it's kind of like a kind of like a no offense but it's kind of like a bs way to go about it yeah you are putting the onus the, the the way it's phrased in this case is the onus is on you the listener for misunderstanding the message instead of the onus being on me the message or whatever giving the statement and not presenting it the way i'd rather it have been received and yeah. like, yeah, exa- exactly. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, the last thing I want to say here is uh, one of the games that I actually was a little looking forward to, uh, but I will mm-hmm. admit I didn't realize or I didn't even know about this game uh, technically or it didn't re- register in my head is that Project yeah. Q is con- uh, confirmed to be canceled by Ubisoft. Now, it's not been confirmed. It's one of the three that were canceled last week, but uh, this was an arena-based PvP game that Ubisoft was putting together. Uh, and I liked everything I heard about what they were saying with this game. Um, but, of course, it's canceled. So that sucks. Uh, and I and I hope. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's I not know. great. I, I, I wonder if it will, could ever resurface again down the future. I'm not 100% sure. And the last thing I want to say, because I've actually been uh, feeling this way for like the last month, is um, I've randomly had this urge that I want to go back and play The Division 2. So. I may end up going back to get it, but like, can we hurry up and get the division, uh, the division Heartland out here? Um, yeah, the, you know, I, I would really like to play some Division Heartland. Not like force the developers into crunch, but it's just one of those things. Can like we speed oh, yeah. the timeline up? <laughs> like, can we speed yeah. the universe Let's jump up forward real quick? like six months? <laughs> yeah, so I can play yeah, that yeah. game because I'd be I'd be pretty oh, happy uh, with that. Yeah, um, yeah. Timing sake, because we are getting a little long. We're gonna blow through these uh first 
up to com or articles real quick. Uh, so we're going yeah. to the PlayStation blog for this next one. It's PlayStation VR 2. There's 13 new titles that are coming out at launch with also the launch lineup revealed. Now, please remember the lineup or the launch window is all the way through March 30th. Um, but there's going to be up to 30 games now released for PSVR 2 by the end of March. Uh, and of course, those include games like Horizon Call of the Mountain, the No Man's Sky VR update, the Resident Evil Village updates, Gran Turismo 7 update. As well as a number of other games like Before Your Eyes, Kayak VR, Mirage, Pavlov VR, as well as Puzzling Places. Uh, Pete, are you excited to see such a, I guess in a sense, robust launch coming by the end of March? Yeah, I hope it's really good. Uh, a couple of games that I, I don't really have any plans to pick up PSVR 2, but a couple of games that I would have my eye on are uh, Pavlov, which is a big uh, VR uh, uh, VR shooter uh i think it's multiplayer if i'm not like yeah popular multiplayer via pcvr sure that one looks really cool and i mean uh we were talking about football to start the podcast i i would love to see how a a vr football game where you're like the quarterback uh you call me uh joe cool or whatever and uh be a uh play the uh what is it the nfl pro vr yeah nfl pro era uh those are kind of the games along with the big names that you mentioned uh would be like the ones i'd be kind of looking at i'm interested to see how this all goes yeah, and I'm also going to just uh, pass along real quick. One of the games that were going to be there at launch, Dark Pictures Switchback, that's been delayed till March 16th, but should, of course, still be out by the end of March. Uh, the bigger one, I've made mention of it every time we've talked about PSVR, but uh, Zenith The Last City, the game that's supposed to be like Sword Art Online uh, MMO, I am like really wanting to play that one. So like that would be like the what first one I'd pick up. What are the what if uh I, this is a random aside I'm sorry but what if like a sword art scenario actually happened where just like a bunch of people just got locked into a game like that that'd be really that'd be wild wild that'd be wild what would be, be the laws just like the, the the governmental like aspect of just like that would be trickled down from that. I, I'm sorry. That's a whole other podcast, but honestly, you brought that up. So you, you bring that game up every time. And it's just like, every time I think about it, I'm just like, <laughs> if that actually happened, like there'd be a whole like mess of things that would like just translate from that. Anyway, hundred percent, hundred percent. So the last, that's, article, that's another tangent. The last article we're going to go to is the uh, Marvel's Avengers support is ending at the end of September. Uh, Polygon article for this one, Michael McWhorter. Of course, this has been confirmed by Crystal Dynamics that the last update for the game uh, will be down out on March 31st. And then the l- official support for that game will end on September 30th. You will no longer be able to purchase the game uh following that you'll still be able to play it uh both on uh, solo and online however as they said because of course they're no longer addressing it any issues that pop up will not be of course fixed so they don't know how long uh you might be able to play if there's no fixes however when it comes to uh all the cosmetics they are going to make those all free for all the players as a thank you for all the years of support or of course the two plus years of support pete what do you think about the news uh, just to caveat off of that, I think the those um those free things start on March. Is that March thirty first? Is that just already so. started? I'm not sure. Yeah, March okay. 31st. Anyway, it's, uh, it's always a bummer when a game uh that's has a pretty uh, like even a cult following uh kind of goes uh I don't know if I want to say goes under, but gets stops getting supported. 
um especially a marvel game like you would think a game like this is popular enough that it would be uh you know have uh following and stuff like that for several years but um you know, you still got a little bit longer to play it. If you had an interest in playing it, you should, probably should get it sooner rather than later because you won't be able to buy it as much anymore. But it's very, it's also very nice of them that they're uh, releasing all the uh, cosmetics and stuff for free for people. It kind of sucks for the people that might have spent money on that stuff. Um, but that's always kind of the, what do you call it? That's always kind of the risk you take when you uh have play a free-to-play game and uh you buy something. You, the, the benefit is you're not buying necessarily that product to uh, have it while other people don't i mean that's part of it but also like you get it early you get it first so yeah uh but you know they're they're doing essentially all it seemed like all the right things considering um sucks that the game's going under but you know if you enjoy the game you still got some time to play it and uh if you were thinking about getting the game you still got time to buy it um yeah yeah i mean this is probably the right way to go about it all, all considered yeah, I think the game currently, if I remember correctly, is still out on Game Pass and on PS Plus that you can check it out if you are interested. Uh, you know, Marvel's Avengers, unfortunately, it just it stumbled out of the gate. It had the performance yeah. issues that really marred it. And then the the um, delays in content is what really uh, hurt that game. I know that some people, of course, found the game very repetitive. Uh, and that that happens, I think, with the games as a service. And like you said, Avengers, it should have been a, a knock out of the park but it stumbled and it just kind of never fully recovered from it uh but the also as you said catch 22 so to speak when it comes to buying those cosmetics but you never would have known that when they get ready to shut down the game they'd be releasing it so we, like I, at least yeah, in my opinion true. i wouldn't be upset about it because it's like the only reason no. i'd be upset is if i bought something like today or like the day before they announced this then i'd be like well that yeah, sucks yeah. <laughs> you know like i gotta wait it right but like if you bought something like a couple of months ago or even a year ago like that i wouldn't be upset about it and i think it's a, a kind gesture to to get it out there uh and then one thing that i do want to pat them on is we talked about this in past episodes but like with like um the uh hitman go game getting pulled and you like you could no longer play it like they're saying is like you can still play the game even after if you own this game and you still want to go hop in and play it it's just there's going to be no new content and no bug fixes but it's still playable so like that's at least a, a mm -hmm. nice move a nice gesture uh in that regard yeah. but again that is coming at the end of september september 30th but you might want to pick up a game and start playing it this week i'm going to tell you about games that are coming up this week and it all starts with today january 24th and it's not today i don't know why i said that it's tomorrow uh <laughs> tuesday january 24th yeah for spoken ps5 and pc ryzen uh ps4 xbox one and switch world war z for ps5 and xbox series moho kenshi for pc uh whalian unexpected guests for pc on thursday january 26th you have power cord for pc roller drama for switch pc ios and android shoulders of giants xbox series pc oddballers ps4 xbox one switch pc and luna De uh, devolver tumble time for ios and android hitman world of assassination ps5 xbox series ps4 xbox one switch and pc anniversary wonder boy collection for ps5 ps4 and switch never awake for ps and PS4 and Switch. The PS5 DualSense Edge controller again coming out on Thursday. And then Friday January 27th you have a Tone Heart of the Elder Tree. I didn't put the consoles for that one. I don't know what that is actually coming out for. And Dead Space Remake for PS5 Xbox Series and PC. Pete, any of these catching your attention? Uh, 
Uh, I'm checking so, what that uh, one is the, coming out for here in a second. That threw me off. I don't know why. <laughs> it didn't didn't dawn on me until he just pointed it out. Uh, a couple of the big ones, uh, Dead Space Remake, I'll probably will not be buying it, but I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure, are looking forward to that. Uh, the Hitman World Assassination, uh, I believe that is a remake, not necessarily a remake, but re-release trilogy. And if you wanted to pick up uh, Hitman or ever wanted to try it, someone like me, uh, this would probably be the time to do it. Uh, I had Devolver Tumble Time highlighted, not necessarily because I wanted to play the game, but I found the uh, trailer that I watched pretty amusing. Um, so I at least recommend watching that. It's probably like 90 seconds out of your day. And uh, it's gotten kind of like... <laughs> Kind of like a negative press, I guess I'd say. Forspoken has been kind of like catching my eye. I don't know for the right reasons, but I've been seeing a lot of people talk about it. Complain about the 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 um the, um, the voice uh, acting. The, the, the voice acting and the text, which is like, I listen to some of the clips and they're just like, this is terrible. I'm like, I mean, I don't know if I'd say terrible. It's kind of whatever. Um, I laughed at a couple of the clips because I thought they were actually funny, but my humor is kind of stu- more stupid than most. So uh, maybe that's maybe that's a problem. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, will say that. And I've got to rec- real quick uh, do that. Um, but. I I'm looking forward to to playing um, uh, Forspoken at some point. I'm not getting it right away. Um, mm-hmm. I know that the reviews haven't been received very well, but I I've always kind of envisioned uh, after after the subsequent trailers that this was going to be a very mixed game and so of course it's coming out as a very mixed game i kind of anticipated low 70s i've been saying anywhere from 72 to 74 depending on what day you ask me but i was thinking more high 60s low 70s and of course it's at that high 60s right now uh still looks a lot of fun to me still looks like something i would really enjoy and you know uh, it's an isekai like if you were if you were randomly thrown into a world and you were all of a sudden able to do like magic things and stuff you'd probably say some cringy dialogue stuff because you'd be like what the hell like this is insane this is crazy x y and z right so i totally get mm-hmm. it uh the dead space remake as you said of course that's a um a game that i'm not scared to play but uh is one that i um think that looks pretty cool um and i know that some people of course the reason i throw that out there is like you said you're not you're not really a, a dead you know horror fan so you're not gonna jump no, on that one uh, the one cat. that i do want to shout out uh, there's two games i want to shout out the first one uh i'm gonna shout out is because i've played the demo power cord uh on pc it is basically a, a deck builder game it was a lot of fun i played that the demo of that back when it was on one of the steam next fest i tweeted out about it my my experience with that game and i thought it was a lot of fun uh very flashy colors and um I love the aspect that it's basically like it's like Battle of the Bands type of thing, but it's with combat and stuff. So I really like that one. I think that that one uh, is a sleeper look at. Uh, the other game is a game that I've had my eye on for a little while, um, and I will say it's because of advertisements. Is Moho Kenshi? Um, Moho Kenshi mm. is like a uh, uh, almost like a. Uh, deck builder but also a tactical uh tactical strategy game and it's set in a you know a kind of a setting of like a, a japanese dynasty in my opinion uh from what i've seen and it's yeah. like those are all the things that kind of click with me when it comes to games i love tactical strategies i've talked about this uh, i love that setting of the um 
like samurai-esque uh warrior type of things and i also am always been a fan of like card games we've talked about this i've just never been able to really dive into it so like this kind of meshes a lot of things that i i like uh so i've had my eye on that one um and and maybe might pick that one up uh depending on the price and of course um (laughs) if i can get through my backlog (laughs) as Mm -hmm. always as always i understand the pain (laughs) yeah as always but anyway pete we have gone quite a bit for this episode is there anything you want to leave our listeners with before we send them off into the week this time uh just be good to one another uh you know uh it's gonna be a short week technically i don't know if you're gonna tell them that uh but it's playing right now all right the plan right now yes. is it's gonna be a really short short turnaround for us uh we're gonna have a monday night game and a sub thursday night game so <laughs> or a, it's a friday night i guess technically. friday night whatever game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, we. I was just about to get there as my final thoughts for the episode. Uh, basically, with uh, things how the schedule kind of shaped out, this week's episode or this episode was actually last week's episode. This was supposed to be recorded on uh, Saturday, so we're recording this episode, and we will be back again on Friday night. Uh, instead of my normal stream of video games, we're going to be streaming this, the One More Game podcast. So you'll have two episodes this week to check out. So I hope you come and join us again Jesus. here on Friday. But that is all that we have here for the One More Game podcast. I've been one of your co-hosts, Jeremy Culver, a.k.a. Darcy. This is the California Thirst Quencher, Pete Legia, and we really enjoy bringing this to you. So as always, everybody, stay hydrated, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep on gaming. We'll see you guys on the next episode.